And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Vaquero Viernes, Damas y Caballeros. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to Inform Daily. I am your host, Anthony Cabasa. Today is August 4th, year of our Lord, 2023. Almost at 2024 again. Not sure why I insist on wanting to say 2024. Maybe because it's like, let's hurry up and get to 2024. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but Mr. James Pineda already. Um, Thank you so much for the hat, $10 donation. Y con ustedes, el Tigre de Los Angeles, Anthony Cabasa, Cristo es Rey, Christ is King. Amen, brother. What's up, everybody? You guys know the rules. Donation gets the hat on, but only until we jump into the articles. So uh, hat goes on, everybody. That's what we do here. Um, today, I wanted to do, we do have some news, but I also wanted to jump into culture a little bit. Um, we have some sound bites from famous people. Uh, of course, we've got Mr. Andrew Tate. It looks like he has been released uh, from uh, house arrest. He's not done yet with his what looks to be human trafficking and rape trial. So we will see that. I didn't even know rape was a thing uh, in this trial. Uh, Senator Fein, uh, Diane Feinstein, 90 years old, turns out that she actually has a power of attorney. And her daughter has that. However, she is still serving in Congress. In Congress, I don't know what's going on with me this morning. Um, <clears throat> and then we, we're going to whip it back to uh, to a video of of Diane Feinstein actually being told how to vote on the House floor. This is interesting. Mister Al Sharpton, America's favorite racist, uh, says, "Can you imagine reading that James Madison or Thomas Jefferson tried to overthrow the government?" In a very deaf tone, <laughs> soundbite. I mean, imagine out there saying, "Can you imagine if the founding fathers wanted to throw throw away the government or overthrow the government?" Man, you know, it's just one of those things. It's just like, like I said yesterday, you go to sleep and you're like, "There's no way tomorrow's going to be worse," and then you open up the news and you're like, "Oh, it's worse already." Mister Michael Rappaport uh, makes a. <laughs> He went on a unhinged just rant about how he hates Donald Trump and he cannot wait to see Donald Trump. Don't go to Twitter, everybody. The left, the leftists and the Democrats and the liberals are taking victory laps. Mr. Joe Biden himself embracing Dark Brandon as he incarcerates or arrests, rather. I guess incarceration technically means he's already in prison. He's not. But arrest his number one political opponent, Donald Trump. And everything that the right had wished Donald Trump were to do once he took office, the left is doing now, ensuring that he doesn't come back into office. So that's interesting. Bombshell report. Pfizer employees were given a special batch of the jabs different from what was forced into the general population. Hmm. How very interesting. A special batch for them, but not for us. Very interesting, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and then we have here Mia Khalifa giving marriage advice. You know, <laughs> if you don't know who Mia Khalifa is, be very careful when you go to Google her. Make sure the safe search is on. That's all I'll say. And then we got a prominent right winger uh, whose name rhymes with Schmick Fuentes. Um Three-minute soundbite. We'll go into that, what he has to say. And then uh, one of his harshest critics has a very surprising video that was caught on a different episode or segment. I want to say it's a different segment. It looks like to be the same segment, but maybe he was interviewed separately. And we'll go into that. And then we have 
um, a couple other things here for you guys. But with that, before we get started, make sure you guys head on over to informwithanthony.com. Uh, that is where all the newest merch is there. We still have code freedom for 10% off if you are a paying subscriber. Um, if you wish to be a paying subscriber, so you can always get 15% off, make sure you head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash informwithanthony for as little as $5. You can get that permanent 15% off all merch always. We've got great merch in the works. We're headed to the fall. We've got that pumpkin spice latte merch coming. Oh, you bet your sweet keister that we've got pumpkin spice latte um, merch rolling out for the fall. It's going to be for all the white girls in the audience, but it's also going to be for all the Hispanics that want to be white girls. <laughs> um it's just like an ongoing joke. Like if, you, if you're a Hispanic or Latina that loves pumpkin spice latte, like secretly you wish to be white inside. And then you've got like that hat with the brim. You know which one I'm talking about for the fall that like they all wear. And then they wear their scarf with the Uggs. It's a thing. And then the yoga pants. Santissimo Dios, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's, it's a, it's called fashion, baby. Look it up. Um, but with that, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. And without further ado, I don't even know why I put these on now that I think about it. Let me see. It's like I got to remember not to wear these. So then let me bring it. I got I to gotta fix my audio. Give me one second. Usually I have these headphones on, but I got to remember to put these on. Because once the hat goes on, it's... um. Let's see here. Okay. Now what we do is we go to settings and we go to audio. And then we go to microphone. Nope. It's going to be. Donde esta? Let me see. Sound. AirPods. Okay. Making sure it's on. Okay. Speaker. No. Yes. Okay. I think we got it. I had to mess with it a little bit. Unpopular opinion. I don't like PSL. Not not for me either. Yeah, you know what? I don't. I think I've had pumpkin spice latte one time, and uh, not a big fan personally. Personally, I'm not. I'll be very honest. I'm not a big fan of the like sweets. I used to have when I used to have um, Starbucks growing up. I used to have the um, the venti Java chip frappuccino. Wait, I feel like it's a little bit off. Okay, I think. There it is. All right. And the cowboy hat is on, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're in the audio only, you're going to want to tune in to the video so you can see uh, just how based I really look. I don't know. So, somebody, some people say that I'm America's number one Hispanic cowboy. I don't know if those rumors are true. However, I want to say yes, biasly. Uh, so that's just me, though. You know, just me. Mexican dad. All right. <clears throat> First bit of uh, news here. Andrew Tate, senior judge, rules in their favor. Senior judges have ruled in the Tate's favor and have removed. Why do they spell favor with a U? Is this like an English thing? Like favor with a F-A-V-O-U-R? I don't know. I want to say that's like a UK thing, right? It's got to be like a UK thing. A Tate's favor and have removed them from house arrest. Cobra Tate's statement to the press, quote, it's very hard to perpetrate lies when you have no evidence. We have, we have knee completely... We have knee completely innocent since we have been, I think that's what it meant to say, completely innocent since the beginning. In the end, we will be absolutely exonerated. So that's obviously Andrew Tate being surrounded by the press. This is what that looked like this morning. In January, when I was thrown in a jail cell, the 
media reported and told the world I was a terrible person. They said that I hurt people and I make a lot of money from criminal enterprise. And here we stand seven or eight months later and I've lost seen a single victim on the news. I don't know if you have. I've seen multiple girls sticking up for me, lots of people defending me. I've not seen a single person stand up and say that I have hurt them. Not one. It's very exhausting to continue to perpetuate lies. It's very hard to keep lies afloat when you have no actual evidence. We've been completely innocent since the beginning of this, and I have to give absolute faith to the Romanian judicial system for finally making the right decision and letting us free. I'm sure in the end we'll be absolutely exonerated, and everybody who was pushing these lies and reporting things on repeat without any substantial evidence are going to have to analyze within themselves why they decide to try and destroy people's lives purely for views. I've done nothing wrong. God knows I've done nothing wrong in my heart. I know I've done nothing wrong. I think the people at home who with a functioning brain understand we've done nothing wrong because nobody has yet to identify a single victim which is, done, which is saying that we've done anything to them since the beginning of this entire process. Once again, absolute respect to the judge, respect to Romania, respect to the Romanian judicial system. I look forward to being completely exonerated in due time. Thank you. All right. Well, there you have it. It looks like, again, his um, trial is not completely over, but what's happening is it seems like he is now free. He is no longer in house arrest, which, um, you know, I'll be very honest with you guys. I have followed his story through his house arrest. I see what his house looks like. Um, not too shabby. Obviously, nobody wants to be tied down anywhere. Nobody wants to be told that, hey, even though we haven't found you guilty of anything, uh, we demand that you stay locked up in your house, uh, whether that's like, I don't know if you had like an ankle bracelet or, or what. I'm not sure. How that all works out. I, again, I don't really follow like Andrew Tate like that. I don't follow his entire story. Um, I have uh, dived into some of what he is being accused of uh, from what I can tell. And what he continues to say is that there actually are no witnesses that can uh, factually prove that he is guilty. Obviously, there's, he is a talk among the right wing is should he be respected? Should he be an example for young men everywhere? And people are torn. There are people saying that, you know what, uh, inside the context that he provides, I think, you know, he's a funny guy. I, I think that he means well. He is a good example. You know, he is a, what is it, like a Brazilian jiu-jitsu or like mixed martial arts. He's won like championships worldwide. Uh, obviously, he works out. Um, I, I, I personally, I think he is a pretty well-spoken guy, meaning like he's he's a good orator. He, he knows how to get a, a point across. I think he's a good storyteller as well. I don't know if I completely believe he's innocent. I don't also believe that he's completely guilty. Um, I told you guys how I feel about when people say, you know, hey, when they find me guilty of something, that's just a matrix attacking me. I feel that there are people that have kind of latched on to that where maybe they might be guilty of something or slightly guilty of something. And the way they kind of throw it, throw everyone off is like, hey, the, the matrix is attacking me, essentially the establishment, the people in control, the elite, the cabal, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I personally like the matrix because, uh, in my, it is in my opinion, the matrix is one of the greatest movies in cinematic history. It really is the, the message, uh, the, the good versus evil, the being plugged into the system, uh, the fact that people just wish to continue to be, stay plugged in, uh, the, the, the story kind of goes on where people are unplugged from the matrix this fake world where everything is fake and unreal. And, and essentially planned by these machines, these people in control, right? Again, perfect analogy of what we're living through in real life, you know, where people are just hooked into the system, et cetera. And then uh, even some of the people that have been unplugged kind of questioning, like, would it have been better if I just stayed plugged in? Like, what's the point of all of this? Like, it's almost like we're fighting a losing battle, right? So great analogies, great stories, great overall. I understand that the uh, the directors, the 
I don't know what the brothers are called. I, I forget what they're called. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, the Rukowski brothers, something like that. The Rukowski brothers. Ah, oh, man, who directed it? Now it's just gonna. I, I have to look it up because it's who directed the Matrix. Wachowski brothers. That's what I mean. And I think now like they're both trans, which is kind of interesting because I guess like the matrix, a lot of people say like, Oh, you know, you take the blue pill, you, you know, you stay in the matrix and people kind of make the analogy that like, what that means is that, you know, you're, you're, you're taking the Democrat pill. You, you wish to stay plugged into the system as opposed to like taking the red pill, which again, political parties, at least in America, you know, the blue, the blue pill could represent the, the blue party line of, of the Democrats and then the red with the Republicans. And so I, I think I, I long all in short is to mean that um, uh, it says the major, I'm glad a film recognizes trans why the matrix is trans story, according to Lee. Yeah. You see, and it's, it's such a red pill like movie, but then like the directors are like now like trans, like both of them, I think. And they talk about how the movie is actually about like transsexualism. So it's like, no, no, no one like buys it. You can try to make it about that. Nobody buys it. I don't think that Keanu Reeves would have made the movie back in 1999 if he knew that it was about transsexualism. That's just my personal uh, theory on that. But uh, but anyway, so it says here, Associated Press influencer Andrew Tate released from house arrest while he awaits human trafficking and rape trial. Uh, Bucharest of Romania, Andrew Tate, the divisive. Oh, so divisive. Internet influencer who is charged in Romania with rape, human trafficking, and forming a criminal gang to sexually exploit women. One in a who is charged in Romania. Okay, see, got to say like allegedly here, though. Who's alleged, you know, I, I understand like, okay, who is charged in Romania with rape, human trafficking, and forming a criminal gang to sexually exploit women. Won an appeal on Friday to be released from house arrest, his spokesperson said. Tate won't be able to leave the country. He also will not be allowed to be, quote, in close proximity with any of the other defendants. Any of the witnesses or any of the alleged victims, there we go, uh, and their immediate family, his spokesperson, uh, Mattia Protescu, said in a statement, quote, this positive outcome gives us confidence that more favorable developments are on the horizon. Petrescu said the decision at the Bucharest uh, Bucharest Court of Appeal comes after prosecutors formally indicted the 36-year-old Tate in June, along with his brother Tristan and two Romanian women in the same case. All four were arrested in late December near Bucharest and have denied the allegations against them. And uh, I kind of just wanted to go back. I, I think I forgot some of them, but uh, I remember remembering now. James Mineta. Uh, thank you so much for the $10 for the hat. Icon ustedes, El Tigre de Los Angeles, Anthony Cabasta, Cristo Rey, Lina Valencia with the $10 super sticker. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you, my friend. Miss Rebecca, thank you so much for the $20 super sticker. I hope you guys have a great and fantastic weekend. And then Miss Sarah Bowen with the $20. Thank you so much, my friend, with the cowboy hat emoji. Much love to you guys. Always appreciate your guys' support. Um, it says the court's decision says all four defendants will be subjected to geographical restrictions, limiting them to the territories of Bucharest municipality and the nearby Ilfob County, unless they get prior approval from a judge standing outside his large home near Bucharest on Friday. Andrew Tate told the media, quote, we've been completely innocent since the beginning of this in January when I was thrown in a jail cell. Uh, you know what? And I, I think I read somewhere that somebody said that this is like the first time in 2023 that the like the Tate brothers have actually been free. And that's because they were thrown in jail 
in, in January. So uh, pretty interesting stuff. Obviously, you know, we'll continue to update you guys with what's happening with Mr. Top G. If anything, there's just no denying love him or hate him. Again, I'm I'm fairly indifferent about the guy personally. Uh, there's nothing super outstanding of him that kind of um, uh, reaches out to me. There, there's nothing personally. And, and, and it's not like uh, like I'm trying to claim that I, I know everything or anything like that. It's just a lot of this is pretty biblical. You want to know how to be a good dad? You want to be how to be a good man? You want to talk about strength in man? Like, read your Bible. <laughs> you know, it, it talks about that. Joshua 1.9, you know, have I commanded you? Be strong and courageous and be bold. You know, like, I am your God and I will be with you. So, that like, fear nothing, you know? And so um, all these things it, and more, like, especially when you start talking about it, you can grab one Bible verse and just really delve deep into it and, and break it down in such a beautiful way that essentially you, you know, God has commanded you to be strong. And it's like, does, you know, does being morbidly obese project strength? No. So then you're disobeying God, disobeying God. Gluttony, you know, uh, is, is, a, is a mortal sin, you know? And, and, and so when you break all this stuff down, it, it's almost like, okay, God wants you to be a fit person, you know, not like not morbidly obese. That's, that's, uh, bound by by processed foods and and gluttony and and always overeating etc 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 and and you could just break it down to you know there's a really good book it's called the masculinity of christ which actually let me see do i have it here let me see no i thought it was this nope it's a communist manifesto <laughs> all right let me see let me see if i can actually get it real quick here it is it's called i'm going to pull it up for you guys it's a really good book and it, it really does talk about this it's called the masculinity of christ it's a pretty short one it's by author adele partridge it says how the masculinity of jesus eradicates effeminate christianity and like i, like I said it's it's a it's a pretty short read i think it's only what is it like uh, 50 pages or so and um it's 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 really really good stuff man um like just just real quick, like it says, you know, uh, da, 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 I think I have some underlying stuff, you know, uh, da, 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 da. the masculine church. This generation has selected their preferred qualities for Jesus, the gentle and lowly lamb, the suffering servant and the loving shepherd. In fact, Dane Ortland recently wrote a book titled Gentle and Lowly, where he expounds upon the aspect of Christ. How did the book perform? The church gorged on it. And at the time of this writing, it has nearly 8,000 reviews on Amazon. That's pretty incredible. And it's a top 500 book on Amazon, which is even more incredible. And the publisher has put together several additional resources to fulfill the insatiable appetite for this perspective of Jesus. Now, to be clear, there's nothing wrong with this book. In fact, it's factually, it's actually a faithful presentation of his dimension of Christ. The problem is that every man is multidimensional, and Jesus is no exception. The truth is, the church has a disproportionate and incomplete view of Christ. Yes, Christ is gentle and lowly at heart, but he is also a victor over his enemies. Yes, Christ is a suffering servant, but he is also the conquering king. Yes, Christ is a loving shepherd, but he is also the God-man who rules with authority, dominion, and power. That's why I love this book, because it's a reminder. There's a billion books about how christ was this low servant that served people but there's not enough books about how well wait a minute he reigns with authority he claims victory over his enemies i mean that's 
who he is, right? It says, essentially, we have a church that has preferred the traits of Christ that sympathize more with femininity than masculinity. Very true. While gentleness, meekness, servanthood, and tenderness can certainly be masculine, they are primarily marks of a woman. As I wrote earlier, as I wrote earlier, 1 Peter 3.9 even instructs women to adorn themselves with the gentle and meek spirit, which is very precious in God's sight. But what the current church has clearly shut its eyes to is Christ's identity as victor, conqueror, and king. These are not primar primarily masculine traits. They are completely masculine traits. They are alpha positions of battle, command, and supremacy. Ultimately, the contemporary church has allowed the attributes of Jesus, gentle, gentle, meek, and loving, to overpower the identity of Jesus, victor, conqueror, and king. This lopsided perspective of Christ is not benign either. In fact, it has manifested itself in ways that have greatly influenced God's people and their witness to the world. The gentle and lowly only Jesus, the Jesus we so obsessively promote and preach, has contributed has contributed greatly to the passive, non-combative, and submissive church culture of our day. The, quote, loving shepherd only Jesus has nurtured a culture of sin, tolerance, uh, sin tolerance, leading to the acceptance of behavior that scripture condemns. Ultimately, I believe this unbalanced emphasis on Jesus has in large part rendered the non-threatening pushover Christianity that's so prevalent in the West. The Christianity that has lost every moral battle of the past century, life, marriage, sexuality, gender, etc. The Christianity that opts predominantly for silence and softness instead of moral confrontation and action. Love it, man. The entire book is just so great because it really does remind us of the masculinity of Christ. Too many churches just just want to teach that meekness and, and humbleness. It's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, we can't. We know that's not what, you know, this, that's not what Jesus would do. Like, dude, my guy, Jesus flipped tables. He had righteous anger. He is king. He is literally saying, if you do not live the way I have called for you to live, you are going to hell forever. I was actually just having a conversation yesterday on with, uh, with, with a friend of mine that was telling me, you know, um, in case you guys didn't know, it looks like uh, the California GOP is looking to amend its bylaws to uh, rewrite or rephrase what marriage is. And this would be the first time in GOP history that the party would essentially eradicate that uh, the, the section where it talks about how marriage is before God between one man and one woman. And I was talking to some people and I was getting their their feedback and they're like, you know what, man, we've got so much else going. And these are Christians like we got so much else going on that, um, you know, th th this is such a small battle. Like, who cares about the California GOP? Like, who cares about the GOP in general? Like, that's not who we are. Like, OK, so what? You know, like we just have to accept the fact that these are just like modern times and this is not. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, what the hell? what the hell i'm like bro are, you, are we serious right now like is this is this you know um is, is this really where we are in christianity that we just don't care about these battles and again it's because you're like oh you know we're, we're called to be meek we're called to this and it's like man like i when i read this entire book i, I gotta reread it because it's such a great read i don't know maybe it can be a book club thing i don't know what book club who's talking about it not me um but we can kind of go over that because um I think it's needed. I think people need reminding 
that Christ is king. And he's going to be casting a lot of people out away from heaven. And to me, I would rather, you know, people tell me like, oh, you can't legalize morality. Sure you can. If you can legalize immorality by passing prostitution laws and, you know, pedophilia laws and all this other stuff, you 100% can and you should as a Christian, right? In, in positions of authority. Um, that And there's no debating that. Like there, if you disagree with that, you're wrong. Like that's just a fact, you know, like that's not because I say so. It's because that's what God calls us to do. I, I can imagine uh, being in the pearly gates, you know, once, once, whether you've passed God, you know, the resurrection, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You're at the pearly gates and you're trying to have a debate with, with, with Peter. And you're like, oh, well, you know, like, sure. You know, I, I voted for abortion and I, I voted for prostitution, but that's because, you know, that's earth, you know, like I I'm called to live differently there. Like I have to live by the world and its own set of laws. And I'm like, eh, good luck with that, man. I feel like you're going to be spat out, you know, as a lukewarm, um, because as a Christian, Always and foremost, you should always put the kingdom, kingdom of God first, and you should never disassociate church or religion or your beliefs or your values or your traditions away from the way you vote. Always, always, always use the divine power that Christ has instilled upon you to legalize and rule over other people. That's what we were called to do. I mean, it was literally God's promise to Abraham, uh, essentially telling him, you know, that he will guarantee that his descendants and the descendants of his descendants for thousands of years will rule over people. I mean, if that's not God literally telling us that he will appoint us to the highest positions of power and government to rule over other people. And if you are one of those, you know, naive Christians that believe that there are more virtuous people or there are better people that should be ruling over us, then, you know, I've got uh, oceanfront property to sell you in Tennessee because that's just not the case. It's not biblical. We're not called to do it. We're not called to be ruled by enemies, let alone the satanic temple or or Hindus or Muslims or whatever the case might be. This is a Christian country, as we often talked about, founded by Christian principles and Christian people for a Christian people. And so it just amazes me that people just continue to want to uh, give leeway to the satanic agenda that is LGBTism, trans ideology, gender ideology, all this stuff that's being imposed, not just on children, but on adults as well. And, and adults just seem to not care because it's like, well, you know what? That's just the way it is now. And it's like, eh, but it could, we could change that though. You know, we could, we, we could change that. That can change. It's not permanent, <laughs> you know, but um, anyway, uh, moving on to this uh, next story here. I'll keep you guys posted with the Andrew Tate stuff. Uh, but this is um, Diane Feinstein. And uh, this was uh, back uh, uh, just uh, last month, late last month. It says, told what to say and do, just say I. 90-year-old Senator Diane Feinstein told how to vote on the defense appropriations bill. It seems both parties have geriatric escapees as legislative placeholders. And then just check this out, man. Like, this is sad for sure. I understand that sometimes we don't have any sympathy for these people because they are corrupt and evil, and they've probably done a lot of evil to destroy the infrastructure of America and America first. Uh, but um, this is what, what that looked like. Senator Feinstein. Um, say I. Pardon me? I. Yeah. Uh, to say. I, I would like to support a yes vote on this. Um, it provides $823 billion. That's an increase of $26 billion for the Department of Defense. And it funds priorities submitted 
So here she is explaining her vote, and now her aides are coming to her ear and telling her, "Just hey, just say I, just say I. Like stop talking, just say I." Yeah, just say I. Okay, see? just. You see I. that? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, just say I. Okay, just. I. <laughs> Thank you. Just say I. I mean, dude. This is how bad her mental capacity is. This is how bad it's gotten with Senator Diane Feinstein, who clearly not all there. And then now we have this breaking report. Thank you. I mean, imagine Senator being Feinstein. one of the most powerful senators of all the senators, and your aides are saying, "Hey, just say I." Like, "Hey, shh, 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 shh. it's okay. It's okay. Just, just say I. Stop, stop talking. Stop rambling. Just say I." Dude, if I was a senator. And I'm out there with this cowboy hat that I have on right now. And I was trying to, you know, take my time, which is allotted to me. And my aide, some little punk kid, I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm 35 now, but if I were a senator, maybe one day, I don't know. I don't know what God has in store for us, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, you know, whatever. So if I'm senator one day and I'm like 50 years old, I'm wearing my cowboy hat because it's become part of my brand. Right. I'm known as the Mexican dad, Mexican cowboy dad, whatever, whatever people want to label me. Christo fascist works well, you know, whatever, whatever white supremacist, whatever people want to call me. And I'm on the Senate floor and I'm voting on something and I'm giving an explanation. And some little punk kid, 24, 23 year old, like staffy, just like turned to me. He's like, hey, just say I boy. Let me tell you something, man. Boy, <laughs> Woo! there's going to be problems. Some little punk kid tries to tell me, like, hey, just just say I. And I'm like, really? Hmm. You're fired. Like immediately. Just get out, get out of my presence. You're not welcome back. And you're not allowed to go back into the office and pack your stuff either. We'll pack it for you and we'll send it to the local Goodwill so I can go buy it for cheap later. Hopefully he's got some 42R coats. Um, no, but I mean, this is this is pretty degrading. This is this is sad. And the fact that she just kind of like laughs, laughs it off, like just being told what to do. And then uh, here we have the New York Post. This is something I had no idea. Diane Feinstein, 90. And somebody asked in the, in the comment section, she's really 90 years old. Yes, she's really 90 years old. It says, seeds power of attorney to daughter, but still serves in Congress. What? California Senator Diane Feinstein has relinquished. Oh, and by the way, in case you don't know. Adam Schiff is going to be appointed to her seat, by the way, in case you didn't know. Well, I say appointed. Technically, there will be a vote. But for those of you on my YouTube, it's California. And people are going to vote for Adam Schiff to fill her seat. Vote. All right. It says, uh, hope, I hope he wins. <laughs> well, hopefully, you know, hopefully that's a uh, an honest thing that happens there, ladies and gentlemen. But he's already got Gavin Newsom's blessing as well. So it says, even as she continues to serve in Congress at the age of 90, according to a report, the Democratic senator, who's the oldest member of Congress, really even beating out Mitch McConnell, has faced calls to resign after health complications kept her away from the Capitol for months earlier this year. Since returning to Washington, D.C., she has appear appeared frail and has had a number of public mental lapses. 
Feinstein handed over power of attorney to her daughter, 66-year-old, dang, 66-year-old Catherine Feinstein, in part to help handle legal battles over her late husband, Richard Blum's estate, the New York Times reported on Thursday. In one dispute, Catherine Feinstein's only child is at odds with Blum's three daughters over the ownership of a luxury beach house owned by Feinstein, according to the paper. A beach house as a senator? Hmm. Wonder where she got that money. In a separate lawsuit, the two families are feuding over Blum's life insurance, which Feinstein claims she needs to cover her increasing medical costs, the Times reported. And then here's this picture of Diane Feinstein. She does not look well. I mean, at, at what point do we just, like, stop, you know, like, all right, stop the music. This is elder abuse. Like, at what point do we finally say that? You know what I'm saying? And I think it's safe to say we need term limits, obviously, you know. But this is terrible. I just, Republican or Democrat, doesn't matter. And and I get it. You know, I, I see Joe Biden falling on the stairs. I see fine, fine scene. I look at all these people and. The first, usually the first thing I get from Christians, I can't say if it's always Christians, but it's who cares? They deserve this. They deserve this public humiliation because of all the wrong that they've done. Maybe. I just feel bad. Like when when Joe Biden falls down the steps, I just feel bad for him. I'm like, I have like secondhand embarrassment. Sure. Arguably one of the worst senators of all time. One of the worst presidents. Sure. We can argue and it's nuanced, I'm sure. And people, you know, just laugh at it and whatever, you know, to each their own. I, I don't know if it's right or wrong to laugh or whatever or mock or whatever. I've seen some statements that are pretty hateful. And I'm like, mm, I don't know if that's Christ-like. Uh, I don't even think that's masculine Christ-like. <laughs> you know, it's 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 just one of those things where like, I don't know either side of Christ would be all for this personally. Um, I think God will sort these people out. Uh, it's just, it's sad. I mean, look at her. You know, like this is someone's grandma and, you know, obviously she's in politics. I don't know. I don't want to dive into it because I know you guys are going to eat me alive in the in the comment section. Oh, but Anthony, like she's responsible. I, I, I get it. I don't know. Maybe it's the inner liberal in me. I don't know if there's even one in there. All right. Fine Sinu has represented California for over 30 years. Announced earlier this year. Bro, she she's been serving as long as I've been alive. And I'm just a young baby. Not according to my to my daughter's friends, though. Um, I, I actually just found out that one of my daughter's best friends, her uncle is a good friend of mine. And I didn't piece it together because she's more white. And so she, she you know, we live we live in a pretty white neighborhood. And so she's very white, this young girl. Uh, that's my daughter's best friend or one of her best friends, inner circle friends. I don't know. I, I don't know how it works with with girls. I know like one day she's your best friend. The next day you're crying and. She's the most whatever. Anyways, um, forgot where I was going with this. Oh, 30 years old. Not according to my because so on Wednesday when I took my daughter to go get all her school stuff done, they were talking about like old people and they were talking about her uncle, which turns out to be he's one of my good friends. I actually catered when I used to be a cook in the military. I used to cater on the side to, to make extra income and uh, with my cousin and uh, we catered for his wedding. So I'm like, well, what a small world. Your uncle is this person. He's a really good friend of mine, good friend of the family. And I catered his wedding. And she's like, wow. And then I think she said like, yeah, like you guys are pretty old. And then I was like, but I'm only 35. 
I don't know. Yeah, but you know what? I don't even blame them because to them, like 20-year-olds are old and then 30-plus-year-olds are really old. But now that I'm 35, like, and that's probably how I used to think, and I'm sure a lot of us used to think, you know, um, that when you're, like, in your teenage years, you look at 30, like, 20-year-olds as adults, like, late 20-year-olds, maybe early 30-year-olds. And then once you get, a per, like, past an age, like, 40-year-olds are extremely, extremely, like, old to teenagers. But now that I'm 35 and I'm heading into my 40s, I'm like, bro, I'm still a young puppy. But maybe here's the thing, though. To me, as a 35-year-old, like a like if you're over the age of 60, that's old. And I think that over the age of 70 is really old. That's me personally because I think it's like a lifespan, you know? If you're 90 years old and you already have like power of attorney designated to another person over you, You're really, really, really old, you know, but I feel like the 40s is the new 20s personally. And I'm not just saying that because I'm headed to my 40s and I need to cope. Um, <laughs> it says last week, the former San Francisco mayor had to be prompted several times by a colleague to say I when it was her turn to cast her vote on the eight hundred and thirty one billion dollar defense appropriations bill during a Senate Appropriations Committee. Feinstein was uh, briefly hospitalized in February for complications due to shingles. She was released to her San Francisco home where she recovered for the next two months. Hmm. Term limits. That's all I can say. You know, um, does anyone, James, Pineda, does anyone know when is Anthony's birthday? Telegram gang should celebrate the bee's knees. Um, nobody knows when my birthday is. Nobody does. Not even like close friends. Nobody knows when my birthday is. Nobody. It's a secret. Nobody, nobody can know. I might not even be 35. I might actually be 22. Have you guys even seen pictures of my wife and family? I don't know. Am I a PSYOP like QAnon? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just saying, has anyone actually physically seen me next to my wife and my children? Something to think about, something to ponder. How old really am I? Am I hiding a recording device underneath this hat? where I record all of you being extremists on my telegram. I don't know. Am I AI? I don't know. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. Can someone really be this based and be real at the same time? Yo no sé. I don't know. I'm just saying, ladies and gentlemen. But the next question is, can people really be this stupid? And the answer is yes. So again, this is one of those videos. This is what I was talking about at the beginning of, the, of this podcast where I'm like, there's no way this is real, right? Al Sharpton, quote, can you imagine reading that James, and this was on MSNBC because of course MSNBC, reading that James Madison or Thomas Jefferson tried to overthrow the government? <gasps> talking, of course, about Trump's indictment uh, yesterday and coming into the courthouse. And so this is what this awesome soundbite looks like one day our children's children will read american history and can you imagine our reading that james madison or J thomas jefferson tried to overthrow the government so they could stay in power that's what we're looking at we're looking at american history one day our can you imagine if James Madison or Thomas Jefferson 
right. <laughs> Overthrow the government. Yes. Can you imagine the founding fathers who picked up weapons and killed people? Imagine these people trying to overthrow the government. Now, what I will say, just playing devil's advocate here, I kind of hate that term, but it is what it is. I guess trying to be objective. Maybe he meant that in the sense, this is the only excuse I could have for such poor quality statement made by this person. I think what he was trying to say is, can you imagine if anybody else were to do this? If anyone else tried to contest the election, et cetera, et cetera, which is interesting because in 2016, when Donald Trump won, that's exactly what Democrats did, including Hillary Clinton. That's what the whole Russia the Russia dossier was all about. It was about how Donald Trump, working with foreign influence, foreign agents, foreign countries, foreign governments, stole the election from Hillary Clinton. And if I'm not mistaken, like the current press secretary, Jean Pierre, whatever that her name is, she made a statement about how the election was stolen or that there needs to be concerns about the election being stolen away from Hillary Clinton and to Donald Trump. But imagine being this dumb in making a statement that could you imagine that the founding fathers tried to overthrow the government? But my brother in Christ, these people killed people to overthrow the government. What do you what do you what do you mean? What are you thinking, my guy? My guy, read a history book. That's exactly what happened. Let's let's knock it off. <laughs> you know, imagine saying, could you imagine? It says here, I like this comment. It's one of the uh, top ones here. It says, James Madison and Thomas Jefferson were both actively involved in the Revolutionary War. James Madison served as a member of the Virginia militia and later as a representative in the Continental Congress. He played a key role in drafting. This is uh, Max Murray, by the way. Uh, Max Murray tweets. It says he was he played a key role in drafting the Virginia Constitution and advocating for the ratification of the United States Constitution. Thomas Thomas Jefferson, on the other hand, was not directly involved in military activities, but contributed to the war effort through his writings and political influence. He is most known for writing the Declaration of Independence and serving as the governor of Virginia during the war. Uh, hello, <laughs> like, hello, you know, like, how deaf tone do you have to be? You know, and, and hey, I'm not going to pretend to know that I knew exactly word for word what Thomas Jefferson and, and James Madison's involvements were. What I do know enough of is understanding that they were involved to this capacity. My guy. <laughs> and, and, and just from reading this little bit, um, this is more than what Donald Trump did. Donald Trump said, we're marching peacefully to the Capitol. And then when it got violent, he's like, hey, stop getting violent. Like, this is not who we are. This is not who we are as a party. We're the party of law enforcement. We love our law enforcement. My guy, like, do you think that James Madison and Thomas Jefferson in the middle of the Revolutionary War stopped and said, guys, come on, stop? Like, no, <laughs> no, stop it. <laughs> What are you doing? This is not what we meant by take up arms. What are you doing? <laughs> like, stop. Somebody needs to fill this guy in. And I don't, I don't know. This is just an, uh, uh, 
a, a snippet, you know, of the entire interview. I, I can't watch MSNBC for more than five minutes. My IQ goes down. This is actually proven. I did an IQ test one time. It was extremely high. I don't even know what the IQ test goes all the way up to. I'm assuming it goes all the way up to 200. Let me just make sure. What numbers? Is it like a credit score? See, I, it already went down because I watched just this snippet. What's the highest IQ number? Ah, uh, this is stupid. It only gives me like the highest at 228. Here's the who okay, let me see. The highest IQ possible in the world is theoretically 200. Although some people have been known to have an IQ above 200. Okay, so there's no like um there's no like chart. I don't know. Uh I don't know. All right, I'm about to shut down the comments. You guys are not listening to what I have to say, and you guys are trying to guess my see, this is what happens when we all have ADHD. Instead of listening to today's segment, you guys are trying to figure out when my birthday is. We talked about my birthday like 20 minutes ago, and you guys are still, and that's not right. Whoever, nope. Nope. Google says Anthony is 70. That's that's about right. Wait a minute. You can Google me and my, no, it doesn't. Are you guys lying right now? You guys actually Googled me and it gives you my birthday? There's no way. Anthony Cabasa birth date. No. Where did you guys get that? You guys are liars. Oh, I see the 70 year old. That's pretty funny. No, you're you're all wrong though. All of you are wrong. And you guys lied to me. I just Googled myself. It doesn't say anything about my birth date. There's no Wikipedia page about me, which I think. Anyone can start a Wikipedia page for me, by the way. I think that's how it works, if I'm not mistaken. I just don't have one yet, which is good. That's not what we want. We don't want an early life section on me, ladies and gentlemen. Just saying. All right. Going back to this. Um, but that's Al Sharpton for you, ladies and gentlemen. And if you think that's the worst, uh, it's not. Uh, this is Michael Rappaport yesterday. Uh <laughs> Michael Rappaport, what time is Tubby rolling into court? Of course, I told you guys, don't go into Twitter. I'll do it for you. Um, these are people, I mean, from Hollywood to media to political pundits. Everyone is celebrating the fact that Donald Trump has been indicted a third time, and it looks like he might be headed to prison. I think I read somewhere that he's facing like over 500 years in prison. But this is your favorite actor, ladies and gentlemen, Michael Rappaport. Laughing. party like an indictment party because an indictment party don't stop once twice woo, uh, three times indicted big jack smith i love you i'll say it again once twiggity twice woo, three times indicted Big dick, we're going for four because they're going to get you in Georgia. Georgia? Oh, 
Jiggity Georgia. Georgia's on my mind. Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Woo! Woo! So obviously he's having a good time. I'll be I'll be very honest. I don't know. I can't think of I can't think of um I can't think of anything that could happen to have me as a grown adult react this way to like people going away. Like if, if, if let's just say for the sake of an argument, let's fast forward two years and Donald Trump wins and Hillary Clinton is in jail. I can't see myself being able to post something this level cringe. The Donald Trump lives rent-free in many people's head and Michael Rappaport is arguably one of them. I mean, just, and it's not just him, by the way. You've got people everywhere celebrating that President Joe Biden, unlike Donald Trump, after he he promised he was going to lock people up, unlike Donald Trump, is actually using the full power and authority to rule over his political enemies. And literally on the same day that, um, I don't think I showed this yesterday, but on the same day, uh, that Donald Trump is in D.C. facing arraignment and, and getting processed. Uh, this is what Joe Biden uh, posted, which, look, man, as much as you can hate the guy, whatever, I don't know. You know, um, let's see. Do I have this pulled up? Uh, what is this? Michael Rappaport comes for Kanye over Jewish comments. Wait, what? And then this is. Why did I have this pulled up? What is this? Going DEFCON million? Oh. What are you talking about? DEFCON 1. DEFCON 2. I had no idea that Michael Rappaport was Jewish. Interesting. Um, Let's see here. Oh, the tab I actually wanted to show. Uh, It says, as former President Trump is currently under arrest in D.C. courthouse, President Biden publishes video drinking coffee with an image of himself on it with laser eyes in 2024 sitting, I like my coffee dark. So here's that. And again, this has all happened yesterday. There's no coincidences, ladies and gentlemen, only theater. And this is President Joe Biden taking a victory lap. Knowing, I mean, imagine being in the White House and you're the president and you know very well that your political opponent, number one, Donald J. Trump, leading in the polls, slaying Autumn Hose. I just, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that. I just wanted it to rhyme. It just came to me. But, um, and he's currently being processed, and your team hits post on this. Joe Biden with laser eyes, embracing dark Brandon. Huh. Very interesting, huh? I like my coffee dark. Oh, man. Um, all right, my sister, what do you got to say, Martha? You should make mercy. You, I think you mean merch. You see, it's not just me. This is my sister. She meant to say merch, and she put mercy. You should make mercy with your saying if I'm just saying, or si Dios lo permite. Love you, bro. Keep killing it. Thank you so much. Just appreciate you. Um, also, Noah wants to know if Damien can play Fortnite with him a little bit later. <laughs> 
my kids and my sister's kids play Fortnite together. It's so funny hearing them play. It's like, no, bro, he's bush camping. You gotta, bro, bro, he's shooting me. Ah, he's shooting me. Ah, bro. It's so funny, bro. It's the funniest thing ever. Uh, but now you guys have proof. My sister also misspells just like me. It's, you know what? It's, it's just our brains operate so fast and our stubby little fingers can only type so fast and keep up, you know, but um, who knows? Um, but look, regardless of what you think, regardless of what I think, um, that's a victory lap. They are taking a victory lap. They are laughing at you. They are laughing at me. They're laughing at all of us because they know that like this is the guy that's supposed to beat me. This is the guy that's supposed to put me in jail. This is a guy that's supposed to. This is your political leader. And, and this. And this is their best. I mean, come on. Let me see if I can get this on there. And then, of course, Dark Brandon was trending all day yesterday. On TikTok, uh, Dark Brandon, you had uh, Generation Z making celebratory videos because Joe Biden once again did what Donald Trump never accomplished, and that is incarcerating his people in there. And, and which is why, again, and I'm not saying it to like, you know, beat a dead horse here. I'm just saying, like, dude, you should have done it when you could. But I will agree with some people that say it's actually better that's happened this way. And should he win again? It would give him all the vindication. It would absolve him of any wrongdoing for coming after his political enemies the way they came after him. But then that's a dangerous place to be. Is that really what we want to win elections for? Uh, to just rule over our enemies and incarcerate them? And that, of course, ladies and gentlemen, is an oxymoron or a rhetorical question, rather, not an oxymoron, because the answer is an unequivocal yes. That's exactly why we want to win, to rule over the people that hate us. Duh. Right. And so this video was making the rounds because, of course. It can't be argued with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pain or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop ever. You are dead. Absolutely base, bro. You know, just they've even got a dark Brandon TikTok account. Just base, man. You know what? And here's and I know what you're all going to say. I know what you're, you know. Um, oh, there's some breaking news right now happening. Just in cyber attack on hospitals in several U.S. states underway. Huh. As of 50 minutes ago. So we started this breaking a cyber attack has disrupted hospitals and healthcare in several U.S. states. Hospitals in multiple U.S. states hit with cyber attack. Emergency rooms have been closed. Services disrupted. Huh. Let's take a look at what this has to say. This is insider paper. It says the cyber attack started at facilities run by Prospect Medical Holdings. The attack impacted their facilities in several states, including California, Texas, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Pennsylvania. A quote, upon learning of this, we took our systems offline to protect them and launch an investigation with the help of third-party cybersecurity specialists, the company stated. The company mentioned that they are currently investigating the situation. However, their primary focus is on, is on attending 
uh, to the urgent need of their patients. They are working with dedication to restore normal operations as soon as they can. On Thursday, the emergency departments at Manchester Memorial and Rockville General Hospitals in Connecticut remain closed for a significant part of the day. Patients were redirected to other nearby medical centers during this time. Quote, we have a national prospect team working and evaluating the impact of the attack on all of the organizations. Jillian Menzel, Chief Operating Officer for the Eastern Connecticut uh, Health Network, told AP. Interesting. Okay. Well, it seems like there was a major cyber attack in our healthcare. And you know what? I will say this just real quickly before I go back to the dark brand and stuff, because I did have a point to make, is whenever I hear that we're being like cyber attacked at, at the smaller level, I think this is just like foreign government flexing on us saying like, yeah, you're not impenetrable. You're not, not impenetrable, my boy. We can 100% destroy your power grid if you wanted to, which is why I'm so curious as to why the U.S. government allows China and other foreign entities to build land, buy land, build buildings uh, nearby our U.S. military bases. It's just like, why are we doing this for free? But it goes back to that uh, age old saying that if America were destroyed, it won't be from outside forces. It'll be from within. But going back to um, uh, the dark brand and stuff, I, I did want to, you know, share this and this is i want to leave this up here you will kneel um just for like visuals you know and this is part of the the video here and uh i understand that sometimes as the right wing we need to cope meaning that we need to find a way to deal with the struggles of understanding why the left continues to win and it seems like we can't catch a break and i know that when it comes to you know joe biden also known as Dark Brandon, whenever he wields his power, the way the political right just kind of shrugs it off is, well, it's not him, it's the powers that may be. It's actually not Joe Biden, it's the people in control. Um, and that's fine. If, if you use that as a coping mechanism, if, if that's what you use to justify what's happening, if that's what you use to justify the current justice system and how broken it is and how proven it is time and time again, that corporations, institutions, the government, the federal government, state government, the FBI, the DOJ, the CIA, the NSA is currently working to destroy the American way of life, the America first agenda to come after the number one guy in the Republican side, which is Donald J. Trump. There's no debating that. If you want to debate that maybe it's Ron DeSantis, then you are wrong. Again, once again, I have to tell you that you are wrong. He's not the guy. Um, and it's pretty odd that despite all this happening, uh, Ron DeSantis is looking to debate Gavin Newsom, which is very interesting timing. And I think it sends a message that he does not care about what the establishment does with Donald Trump. He doesn't support Donald Trump. And he still considers him an enemy. And, uh, you know, I think that the way Ron DeSantis looks at the establishment is like, hey, the enemy of my enemy is a friend. Uh, so that speaks loudly of Ron DeSantis. Uh, but you know what? It is what it is. He has made statements that he will end the politiz politicization of our uh, nation's federal, uh, you know, uh, uh, institutions and and government, et cetera. Who knows, right? But here's what I will say is, um, and, and I don't mean this to be in a, like in a black pill kind of way, is uh, our enemies are laughing at you. They're laughing at me. Um, you can try to cope. You can try to say he's senile. Um, Joe Biden is very alert. He is, uh, I think he's playing a role of this old bruised man, this senile man. Uh, so that whenever he is asked anything, he that he's done anything, people write it off like, well, who's really pulling the strings here? 
Um, and I said this yesterday on my telegram, I will never underestimate my enemy. I used to underestimate my enemy, uh, but now I don't. I understand that this is all coordinated. I understand that this is all political. I understand that this is this is to send you and me a message. And and maybe, you know, like you, you, when I think of people saying like, bro, this isn't Joe Biden. The people that I think about is like that meme where the where you have that NPC that's crying, crying a lot, but he has a mask on of him like pretending to be happy. And when I hear people try to dismiss what Joe Biden is doing right now, because 100 percent, this is Joe Biden. No, this is not the DOJ. This isn't some rogue agent. No, this isn't part of some master plan for Donald Trump, blah, 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 blah. This is 100 percent Joe Biden. He is ordering all of this. Nothing happens without his authority. Nothing happens without his knowing. Of course, he'll tell the media that he has no idea what's happening and that the and that these institutions are acting separately of him, that he has. He has nothing to say about it that, uh, you know, hey, if you want to ask questions, ask them. They're the ones conducting the investigation. And again, I understand the need, especially for men, maybe strong men that follow me, uh, the need to want to find an excuse that it certainly can't be that senile man that the media portrays to us as a senile man. I think it's all part of the shtick. Um, I think it's incredible that, you know, Joe Biden has fallen multiple times, including his bike. The guy doesn't have a scrape. Uh, the guy doesn't bleed. He doesn't bruise. It seems like it's always just he's able to bounce back. And I think that that is a testament of his physical acuity and also his mental. I think all of it is a it's a shtick. I think it's fake. Um, you can disagree with me. That's fine. You know, um, you want to believe that the earth is not flat. That's OK, too. Like we all have our differences, right? We all have different things that we believe. Uh, but me personally, I understand that uh, Joe Biden is king. I understand that he is prince of this world. He is the number one ruling authority over the entire world right now until God comes back. Um, and you can say whatever you want about that. Um, and, and that's OK with me. If you need to be able to go to sleep at night thinking to yourself that the Democrats are stupid, they're senile, uh, they're they're not to be taken serious, then I'm sorry to say, but you are not to be taken serious at all. You are not a serious person because you still don't get it. You still don't get it. This man is sipping coffee while Donald Trump is being processed in a federal courthouse in Washington, D.C. And there's a very high chance that he will go to jail. And he will be behind bars. A really good chance. And now there's a fourth indictment happening next month. And if you think that this is all by accident, oh, but Anthony, that's just him selling his merch. This is him just trying to raise campaign money. Sure. Sure. And aliens are real. Sure. Okay. If that's what you want to believe. Uh, but again, um, and, and, and I'm sorry if this offends anybody. I'm sorry if this offends anyone on my telegram. Uh, but you are very naive. And uh, you are very easy to persuade one way or the other, uh, meaning that if if and I'm not saying you have to agree with me, but you can at least agree uh, to the fact that this is all by design and that um, what they are doing is 100 percent in the know. And if you don't believe that, if you think this is all coincidence, if you think that, you know, I've, I've had people come at me and say, oh, but Anthony, what if he's just really guilty? Uh, again, I have oceanfront property I want to sell you in the state of Tennessee. Um, just saying. And uh, OK, we already played that for you guys. And then this is a bombshell report moving on over here to Pfizer. Uh, so apparently this is part of a uh, disposition or some kind of investigation. It says uh, Senate uh, uh, hearing 
And apparently this is Pfizer employees and this is them admitting that they received uh, when they all had to be vaccinated, that they receive a different batch of, um, of, of vaccines that they were given especially to them, which is interesting. Interesting soundbite. Read that um, your vaccine mandate was using your own batch of vaccine, especially imported for Pfizer, which was not tested by the TGA. Is that correct? Uh, Senator, so Pfizer undertook to import um, a, a batch of vaccine specifically for the employee vaccination program. Read mm. that um, your vaccine mandate. Very small soundbite. I just wanted to share it with you guys. Because it's making the rounds. I don't know how old this is. I don't know how accurate this is. This could be AI. I haven't double checked. I just thought that was a very, very interesting uh, soundbite. Uh, and this was posted today. It's got over a million views. It doesn't have any. Um, it doesn't have any disclaimers. It doesn't have any community notes saying that this is not real. Uh, which is why I shared it. Because people are like, well, hey, if you haven't checked it out, why'd you share it? I just thought, man, you know what? This is a very interesting soundbite here, ladies and gentlemen. All right, moving on to this next story. Uh, and let's be honest. You know, let's be honest. Do you guys really think that our nation's politicians and, and these Pfizer executives took the same stuff we did? I just I just want I'd like to know. It would be interesting, wouldn't it? Interesting conversation to be had. Interesting investigation to be had. I don't know. All right. This is Mia Khalifa speaks on marriage. And then uh, this is a five, 59 second video. I guess she was asked, facts, married at 18, divorced at 20. Mm, I guess this is Mia Khalifa. This is an ex-adult star. Um, I think she just left that. I think she's getting into like gaming and podcasting now. I'll be very honest with you guys. I don't pay attention to these people. I'm bringing it up because it's making the rounds. And obviously, there are things that could be discussed about this. Um, and I'll make my point afterward. Oh, we're comparing stats. Baby girl doesn't know that I am Tom Brady at this game. Married at 18, divorced at 21. Second marriage, married at 25, divorced at 28. Third engagement, engaged at 29, ended it at 30, but I kept the ring. I'm still keeping Tom Brady on his toes. We should not be afraid to leave these men. We are not stuck with these people. Marriage is not a sanctimonious thing. It is, it is paperwork. It's something, it's, it's, it's a commitment you make to someone. But if you feel like you're not getting anything from that commitment and you're trying, you got to go, you got to go, you have to go. I know it's difficult to fill out paperwork and to make appointments and to do all of these things, but this is your fucking life. Do you want to be stuck with someone? It's, period. Do you want to be stuck with Mm. <laughs> very interesting so ex-adult star and married twice engage a third time and this person is giving marriage advice very interesting now i don't care that it's mia khalifa i don't care that it's her trending this could be anybody um but here are my qualifications I've been engaged once and I've been married once and I plan to be married once and engaged once forever to the day I die because those are vows that I took before God through better or for worse through sick and through healthy. Right. And I don't know what she's talking about. 
no one, and, and I think it's more a testament to modern dating culture. I think it is a testament to where we are today as a society, where marriage is just a piece of paper to people. Um, and, and this is the problem with, you know, I think she's Muslim. I'm not sure. Uh, but Christianity. To us Christians, marriage is for everything. It is a vow made before God. It is uh, not a sanctimonious or however she described it. Um, it is a vow and it is to be taken seriously. And I think that that's actually the problem with modern day culture. I think the problem with modern day culture is they don't take it seriously. There's a lot of people that date just to break up. This is something that I've taught my children is biblically speaking, I don't believe that dating is a thing. I think you court someone and I think that you, or I guess a modern word, date someone to marry. I told my daughter this, and I've told my oldest son this, is you don't date because you just want to have a girlfriend like the rest of your friends. You date because you inevitably want to marry this person. Now, I understand that my oldest being 16, going to be 17, and my daughter being 14, going to be 15 this year. Um, they're quite young to be thinking about marriage, especially they're both in high school still. I understand that there are different cultures with different perspectives, with different laws, different ages of consent. I understand that which is actually something we're going to talk about here later on today with, with some other advice. But marriage is not easy. Marriage is hard. And again, you don't have to look for the Andrew Tates of the world. Just take it from a guy that reads his Bible, that understands that whenever God creates something, the devil will always work to destroy it. If God created marriage, then the antithesis of that will be divorce. And here you have a person speaking of two divorces and a third failed engagement, keeping the ring and I guess promoting the fact that you should be leaving these men. Well, then where does that leave you? If at the first sign of trouble or at the sign of any trouble, you're just abandoning that. The thing that makes a marriage, and again, my credential is better than Andrew Tate's. My credential is better than Mia Khalifa's. My credentials are better than Nick Fuentes's. I have better credentials and authority to speak on these things, A, as a Christian who professes Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, because our God created marriage. And you can choose not to believe that. That's fine. It doesn't make it not true. It's just the way it is, folks. Don't come after me. Or do. I don't care. But I'm in a position where I can talk about this because I know it. I got married when I was young. I had my first child when I was 19. It isn't easy, and it's not for the weak. And there were times where my wife and I almost separated. Uh, there was a couple times that we had separated, and, and we thought, okay, this is it, you know? And I thought that I was just going to end up another statistic. I thought, like, my father before me and my grandfather before me, my great-grandfather before me, I would end up in divorce with multiple women, with multiple kids. And it is by the grace of God is by the, by the grace of Jesus Christ in turning back to him and asking what he wants of me uh, that I ended up staying with my wife and we're happily married. Obviously, when you get married young, there's going to be a lot of obstacles, and especially if you are young and in the military. Deployments, being gone for so long, uh, moving away from family, these are all obstacles that come with marriage. And we overcame all those obstacles, again, by the grace of God. It's not a testament to who I am. I'm not strong. I'm not this great man, and neither is my wife. 
it is a testament that if you trust in God and his promise and you keep those vows and you tell God, I don't want to break those vows, then he will restore. The problem with many today is that they flee the moment anything is broken. To me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to compare apples and oranges, but this is why I'm also so adamant about staying in California. Sure, it's broken. Sure, it is going through some turbulent times right now, but that's not going to make me get up and leave. It's going to make me want to fix things because I believe in restoration. I believe in fixing. I believe in sitting through the tough times. And I understand that there are, you know, every marriage is different. I understand that there are people that go through spousal abuse, all that stuff. That wasn't really ever a problem for us. Um, like drugs were never a problem with us. You know, I, I used to get drunk a lot when I was in the military, but I wouldn't have considered myself an alcoholic because alcoholism, from what I understand, is a disease. It's something that needs to be treated. Uh, being in the military, you can't, you know, have a disease chronically like that. I don't know. Things have changed and still be able to be considered actively depo deployable and active duty status ready. And so I felt at that time that our problems were minuscule compared to those of others. But even with these minuscule problems, I, I don't know Mia Khalifa's story. I don't know if she divorced because her husband was abusive or whatever the case might be. So I'm not even going to claim to do it. But this is why you have to do your research first. This is why you have to come into a relationship ready and understanding what it truly means to be married. If marriage to you is anything outside of godly, then it's going to be manly, uh, meaning like not manly patriarchal, like manly as in a man, but it's going to be of the government. If it's as easy as getting married to just sign papers and just as easy to get divorced as just signing papers and not a breaking of a vow to God, then it's going to be easier for you to just give advice like this stupid advice that was just given and people will accept it as common it's not godly or biblical to tell women and, and tell others that um there should be no shame in leaving or abandoning your spouse me and my wife went through very trying times the very first year of our marriage we lost a son i actually i think we're going into our second year maybe we might have been two years it was like we lost a child together and it took us years to recover from that. That is something that no 19-year-old or 20-year-old should ever have to go through, burying their son. And we had to do it together. If I went through all the things that my wife and I have gone through in our marriage, many people would say, dude, I would have just left. That's terrible that this happened to you guys. That's terrible that you guys were going through this. It's terrible you guys were doing this to each other. But again, I never felt like any of that was bigger than the God that I served. I never felt like any of that was bigger. And there are things that I, I don't wish to disclose, you know, at least not publicly. This is something maybe for like a private live stream. And if you guys have questions about it, if you're struggling about it, if there are things that you're going through, I wouldn't want you to confess them here either. And, and maybe we can kind of, you know, well, this is how we did it because we went through that also. Um, temptation, uh, you know, alcohol, drugs, whatever, all these temptations were always in our path. And thankfully we were able to overcome all these things, um, incarceration, jail time, you know, all these things. And it's only by the grace of God, but because I felt at least myself, even going into the marriage early, I understood what it meant at least to some capacity 
what it meant to be married. I told myself growing up because I didn't have a dad growing up. My mom and my dad never married and he was never at the house. I don't remember him ever being like at the house daily and that stuff. And I remember just telling myself, swearing to myself and that, and praying to myself, God, if I ever get married, I never want to get divorced. Please, whoever I marry first, you know, let that be. And you know what? There are a lot of people that laughed at me for getting uh, married early and that's fine. And now there's a lot of those same people that can't find anyone to marry or that have high body counts or that are not living a biblical uh, value, you know, and then these people end up getting divorced or whatever. And I'm not saying that as like a, a way against them. I'm not saying, you know, hey, um, haha, look at you and look at where I am now. It's been rough. I would never tell anyone, hey, this is easy. It is extremely, extremely hard. And sure, things have gotten easier because we know what to avoid. We know each other more. We love each other a lot more. We go to church together now. There's a lot of things that we used to do in our early 20s when we were first married that we no longer do. And we know now to avoid, you know, like before um, my wife used to come out in a dress and she used to say, does this dress make me look fat? And I would say yes. And then now I know to lie and say no. I'm kidding, by the way. That's just a joke to kind of liven things up. Um, but, you know, like there are things that and I'm sure a lot of you can testify to this, that once you get older and into your marriage and you grow old together and you know what to avoid, you know that there's no point in trying to outscold each other. So sometimes when my wife gets a little testy, whenever she gets, you know, a little bit amped up, it's like, well, why am I going to get amped up with her? That is something that early in our relationship, for example, we used to do. We want to used to beat each other at how loud we can speak to each other because it was in our thought process that whoever had the last word or whoever yelled at each other louder was the person that was right. And that usually led to extremely toxic and disgusting uh, uh, outcomes, meaning that we hated each other. We would leave the house, whatever the case might be. Things were thrown, et cetera, right? And now it's to the point where even if my wife is extremely upset and that's fine, you know, like everyone has those moments, those lapses in time, uh, which are very rare now, by the way. And, you know, again, praise to God because he continues to work in both of us for us to be better people to each other and to others. I just it doesn't matter what she says. It doesn't matter if she curses. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's a personal attack. I now realize when it's like, you know what? She's hurt right now, and I just need to listen. And I listen now. I don't try to argue back. Even if she says something that might be hurtful, I just just wait your time. Just wait until she's finished. Listen to what she has to say. And I'm telling you right now, not nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten, the result is always positive. It used to be like, I can't remember the last time this happened. It used to be that we used to get angry at each other, and we go to sleep angry which the Bible is very clear about that. Don't go to sleep angry. Don't put your head to rest. If you're angry with someone, go and apologize. Go make things right before the sun sets, right? And we'd be okay with that. And sometimes we wouldn't talk, really like get things going like normally for like a couple days because we would just refuse to talk to each other. We would say nasty things, whatever, right? Oh, what's well, your fault? Like, oh, well, what about your mom? Well, what about your dad and your family this and your family that? And now it's to the point where we never go to sleep angry. 
I, I can think of one time in the last year, maybe that we've gone to sleep like angry, you know, and, and it actually just happened recently. And it wasn't like that. I was angry. It's just, she didn't go to sleep like in peace. Not, maybe not even angry is the right word to use, but like, that doesn't happen anymore. And it's because I've learned that it's like, Hey man, you know what? You need to be a leader. You need to be the father. You need to be the husband and you need to lead your wife right now. She's going astray a little bit. She might slash your tires. I don't know. Right. But um, you need, you need to be the bigger person here because you're called to be the bigger person as a man. You're not to sit there and dispute and argue with your wife. Just be the bigger person. And I'm telling you, by example, it's led her to be a better person also, right? Because if you lead and she sees inside of you that peace and tranquility, when things kind of go crazy, um, then she's going to feel at peace and tranquil and be like, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. And this actually just happened last week uh, or two weeks ago um, where like she got really upset. She ended up breaking a glass by accident. And, you know, she got inside the room. She was still a little bit riled up. And because um, I, I forgot what we were doing. Oh, I think something happened with like my son and she just got a little bit riled up. And then uh, I was putting away like dishes and stuff like that. And she's like, oh, I, I got the dishes. Don't worry. And then like she grabbed the dishes and then like she like ended up breaking like a glass. And she's like, dang it. You know, like this is what I get for being angry, et cetera. And so then I just went into the room and I'm like, OK, I just need to give her some space right now. You know, like I she she's with the kids, et cetera, et cetera. And then later on, she came in and she's like, look, I'm sorry. I Had I not reacted angrily, um, I wouldn't have dropped that glass. It was one of my favorite glasses, whatever. I'm like, hey, look, I, I get it. Like you you were in the heat of the moment, whatever the case might be. And it, it literally took like 30 minutes. And it was like, dude, we're good now. And everything is at peace again. And we, we talk to our children, whatever the case might be. That to me is marriage. Not like yelling at her and like saying like, how dare you? You, you stupid woman, look what you did. Like, imagine if like, you know, she's already riled up and then she, you know, she tried to grab the glass to like put the dishes away or whatever. Cause I was putting dishes away at the time and, and she drops the glass. Imagine I let that incident rile me up and then I get angry. And then I'm like, you see, like, you see what freaking happened? You stupid, blah, 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 blah. Like, oh my God, like this happens all the time. Like, what's the point of that? Right. And so, like, I'm just like, hey, you know what? Like, just I'm going to go away. I'm barefoot. I'm going to go to the room. Let's talk afterward, you know, because clearly, like, things are in the moment. Let's not. I just realized my air wasn't on and I'm sweating like a dog over here. Um, but anyways, like, I, I guess what I am saying is marriage is hard. It's not easy. And again, if you're a Christian who's been divorced I, I pray, not that there's right reasons for it, but I just pray for healing. And I pray that whether you're single now and divorced or whatever the case might be, that you find healing for yourself, that you understand what you did wrong, what part you had to play and do better for the future. Because just like abortion, even though you're Christian and maybe you had an abortion, there's redemption, but there's only redemption in Christ. And you can only work at it if you seek God. Someone like Mia Khalifa praying for her, this doesn't sound like the most astute woman or godly woman to be talking about divorce, especially if you're encouraging people not to be afraid of paperwork. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of, it is. Yeah. It's uh, James. You're absolutely right, man. It's, it's sacrifice, man. You know, it's, it's, you know, there's, there's a saying that says, you know, um, I, I asked my grandmother, uh, 
how is it that she was able to stay married for so long? And my grandmother answered, because I lived through a time that when something was broken, you fixed it. You didn't just buy a new a, a new one of it. And there's a message there, right? Is you see something is wrong and you want to fix it because, you know, no fault divorce has been a detriment to not just Christians, but to the West. And there are a lot of people that get divorced for all stupid reasons. I think I've made this joke here before where, you know, my wife has brought it up before. She doesn't now, uh, especially because, it, it, you know, we've had like counseling and stuff like that. But she used to joke like, maybe we should just get divorced. Like, we're obviously not compatible, blah, blah, blah. And I would be like, oh, sure. Like, and then for, you know, on the piece of paper, reason for divorce, like we couldn't agree on what movie to watch. And so we got into an argument and now we're not compatible. And she would just laugh and be like, I don't know why I said that. I'm stupid. I'm like, no, it's just, you know what I'm saying, man? Like, like when you put it that way, like regardless of what the argument was, you know what I mean? Like I I would always be able to bring it back. Oh, sure. And then on the reason for divorce, we're just going to put, you know, like I, I bought the wrong shirt for our son. And it, he's a medium, not a small. I misread my wife's text message. I don't listen. And now she wants a divorce. So when you put it in that perspective, it's like, bro, what are we doing here? You know, like, is this really, is this fixable? Can we fix this? Or is this something that I'm just going to give up on? Don't give up. Just don't. And, and I know sometimes it's easier said than done. It took us over a decade and still, we're still fixing out and ironing out, you know, all the little creases here and there. It took us over a decade to finally get to a place where we could start healing, where we can really start being a family. And guess what? I had three kids already. We were already three kids in. People always say like, oh, you know, if you don't have it figured out by the, by the your second year, like that just means it's over. My brother and sister in Christ, it took us over a decade to get to where we kind of are now. And even now, like... It's still not all there. Why? Because the enemy is always going to try to destroy what God has created. And God has created marriage. He's created one man, one woman. He's created the family. So, of course, the devil's always going to look to destroy. And I've told my wife this. I'm like, listen, just the way I speak about California and how other places are going to be just as bad, you need to understand that with our marriage, there's never going to be a time where we look at ourselves and like, Ah, like finally, everything is perfect. I don't know what fantasy story you're watching. I don't know what Disney movie you just finished watching with your kids where marriage is supposed to be happily ever after. Let me tell you something, and maybe it's not the best piece of advice that you'd want to hear. Marriage is not happily ever after because it's going to be peaceful. It's happily ever after because of the obstacles that you will overcome together. But there will be obstacles. There will be tribulations. And there are going to be things that you have to handle on your own. And there are going to be things that only both of you can overcome. You're not just responsible, and especially if you're a man. You're no longer just responsible for yourself. You're responsible for her too. There's no more, well, uh, let's just break up. You know, it's just not going to happen. So, um. And, and I'm going to pull this up. I I don't know if it's going to get being banned on 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 in, on YouTube. I don't know, but this is uh, something that also is I think was sound advice. I I think this was very well put, and this is one of the struggles that we had as well. Um, and uh, this is Nick Fuentes shares his position on why women should prioritize staying at home to raise children instead of pursuing higher education. And so this is this clip here. I can't read. 
And when Nobody's you undermine they have literacy, well, but it's a question of should they have secondary education? Should they pursue a degree? And when you say education is freedom, I went to school for two semesters before I dropped out. I went to school with a girl who borrowed her entire tuition for four years, getting an IR degree, $200,000 in debt for a, for an IR degree, for a liberal arts degree. Is that freedom? Am I buying but, a lot but, of freedom? freedom but Nick, of isn't, that, isn't that anecdotal? Because I know a ton of dudes in student loan debt as well. They're doing nothing with their life. It's an example. Yeah. It's an example. No, I the, know, but I, the point one is, good example. But you agree, but, though. Uh, there's millions of guys and girls with yeah, useless don't, degrees. Don't they have the freedom to make the mistake? I mean, I think that is part of the American totally. way. They have no, the freedom to make the mistake. Yeah, and nobody's saying nobody has the freedom to go to college or something like that. But the point is, on the statement specifically that education equals freedom, I don't necessarily buy that getting a college degree is the ticket that it used to be. So no, everyone needs to go true. to college I, to get freedom. I, I don't know that. But then why are you saying that women in particular shouldn't go to college and they should be Look, Here, no, 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 let me let me explain. I think also okay. too that women can have it all. And I think this no. construct of you have to choose this career. You have to choose to be going to college you, over having a family. I'd love to have a family one day. I'd love to be married someday. And I think you can have it all. And I don't think that you have to choose between this lifestyle of either or. Nick, I think why that- do you say that women can't have it all? And then I'm going to come. <clears throat> so this is a very interesting predicament because this is where my wife and I also found ourselves. And this is something that we've grown to. And look, regardless of what you think of Nick Fuentes, I understand he's very controversial, whatever. But I, I, I watched, I think, almost this entire thing. I like hearing different opinions. I don't care what the media labels people. I don't care if people say that this person is hateful. I mean, dude, I've listened to the Satanic Temple like sermons to understand what I'm what what I'm at odds here with. Right. Like you have to understand your enemy, not calling Nick Fuentes an enemy, but like just anyone. Right. You have to know well, what's their debate. What is there here to discuss? And so he's essentially making or Catalina Lauf, which is uh, she she was a congressional candidate, is the one speaking, the one the woman saying you can have it all. Why is it that you are saying that higher education should not be allowed for women, whatever the case might be, which is I don't think that's what he was debating. He was saying that it's not the freedom that people think. And again, this is part of what I was and this was like a segue from what I was talking about is this belief system that my wife and I had in what we both needed to achieve in order to be happy. And I think that here in America, the belief is that you have that uh, that a happy woman is a highly educated woman who's put herself in debt and that works off that debt through the decades working at this corporate job meaning even leaving your children behind at home and that's exactly what he mentions here take a look come to you amy and i'm gonna come to you nima i promise can't have it all because the clock's ticking and you know you're 30 and i don't mean it to get personal but of course women there's an age after which they can't have kids there's an age after which it's much more difficult for them to have kids. That's just biology. I've been out and of so, college hang for on, 10 hang on. years. I, I let you finish. I know you want to rip my face off, but I let you finish. And so the point is, is that when women go to college full time or they have a full time job, they can't be a mother because a mother is a full time job. So that means that if they are having kids, guess who's not around for eight hours during the day? Where do they put the baby for eight hours during the day? Do they just stuff them in a box somewhere? Got to send them to, day- to daycare. Somebody has to take care of the kids. Just because you're the one that's not doing it doesn't mean it's not a full-time job. So, no, you cannot have it all without making sacrifices. And the problem is working women will have a kid. They'll prioritize their career. This is what happens in many cases. 
And who is the one who is forced to pay the price? Who for this sacrifice and time? It's the kid. the kid. It's a kid that doesn't have the mother for those eight hours a day when their mom's at work. It's the kid who mom can't go to the game. Mom can't pick you up when you're sick from school. Mom can't do X, Y, and Z. So actually, we have a short life. We have to make decisions in time. Nobody can have everything of everything. Nobody can have it all. We have to make decisions, which means sacrifice. And the problem that is going on, if women want to work their whole life and never have kids, I don't think that's good for them. I don't think that's fulfilling. But worse still is you have women that are promiscuous, which is a mortal sin. They'll wind up having kids, often become a single mom. And even if they're not, the kids wind up in daycare. And the point is, is it's just a very selfish lifestyle. People should put their family first. Amy, let that's me ask. So, you know, this this has gone pretty viral. And I, I know it goes into like the manosphere and like the, you know, what women should and what women shouldn't do. And of course, it triggers a lot of people. I think that a lot of conservative women, I think a lot of sound-minded people would hear this and be like, you know what, to some degree he's right. And I, I can't tell you the amount of women that I've talked to that are late in their in their age and they put career first, they put schooling first because that's what society demanded of them. And again, if we're not having these conversations, which is why I'm bringing it up to you guys right now, if we're not having these conversations, then they don't challenge us to think outside the box. And I, and I think these, these topics are very important. Now, I told you guys before, I don't like the messaging. I don't like the delivery. There's a way to say things, right? And I also just noticed that this podcast is using the same um, microphone that I have, which is pretty base because this is a multi-million dollar podcast that they have and they're using the same mic as me, pretty based. Thank you to all my supporters out there. Um, but by the by, um, and I think that people are starting to realize that. And I think that there are a lot of women that are saying, you know what? And, and, and he's absolutely right though. Like it is a sacrifice. I'm not saying that you can't work, but it is a sacrifice that you have to incur. And this is something with my wife where she stayed at home for the last couple of years. Um, through my military years, she's always found like part-time jobs here and there. There wasn't even a time like this is just how like how normy I guess we were. There was even like a time where my wife was working at a daycare center and she was literally working to pay off daycare for our children. And we just never pieced that puzzle together because I didn't have a father telling me right from wrong. I didn't have a male role model that told me, hey, why are you having your wife work when she can just stay at home and raise your children while you're in the military and you work? Maybe I would have listened. But that's why these conversations need to happen. They need to be normalized. They need to be mainstream because it gets people thinking. It gets people thinking because it's like, well, wait a minute. And you know what's interesting is the more corrupt and degenerate our society has become, the more I see women and the more I see men coming to their senses and saying, you know what? I actually want that. Funny, funny story. And we're getting ready to wrap it up here because I know I've, I've gone over the 90-minute mark. Funny, funny story. I, had a, I have a really good friend of mine and not going to say her name. Follow her on social media. And she was a co-founder for a news media company. And she was all about corporate. She was all about building this news media up. She was all about, you know, I, I need to work harder. I need to be the corporate woman. I need to buy the fancy bag, whatever the case might be. And maybe like two years ago, there was, you know, uh, the rise of Nick Fuentes or a couple of years ago, longer than that, actually, the rise of Nick Fuentes and the Groypers and the Tradcats and, and the traditionalists and conservatives, all these people were making the switch from libertarianism, this live and let live and, and the corporate woman and the, and, and the boss babe and all this stuff 
kind of had this shift in the conservative movement of the traditional woman. And I saw that there was a lot of traditionalists, traditionalist women specifically that started making profiles and then saying like, yes, I'm a housewife and that's okay. Uh, Bernadine Bluntly is actually a really good example of that where she talks about being a stay-at-home mom and there's nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home mom because I feel for, I feel and many people feel that stay-at-home moms and only just being a mom, like I hate that when people say like, oh, you're just a mom. There's no such thing as you're just a mom. The entire fabric of society is indebted to those just moms because they're making sure, arguably, we, you know, we can argue semantics, we can argue like little nuances, are raising good Christian people, good Christian boys and girls that are not going to be liberalized or radicalized by feminists and the LGBT movement at school, whatever the case might be. These are mothers that put their children first, that put their family first. And there's like an age old saying that says, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that for feminists, uh, you are an empowered woman. If you are working for the man at corporate and climbing the corporate ladder, making them more money, making the corporation more money uh, than it is serving your husband at home. That's oppression, you know, and it's so weird to me, but going back to this young girl that I was talking about, so, you know, she's she's super happy. And so the discussion starts happening about traditionalism and women staying at home. And I'll never forget that there was a mutual friend that posted, how do we feel about like traditional women? And she went on and commented, like, I, I hate that people think that as women, we are so stupid or dumb. Something along these lines. Uh, uh, don't don't quote me on this. Uh, but she said something along the lines of um, I hate that men have suggested us that we have to choose one or the other. We can do it all. We are women. We are strong. We can work corporate and we can have children and raise them just fine. I disagree with that personally. Yes, you can technically do that. Fathers do this all the time. We work and we're there for our children and we're there to lead and we're part of our community and we're involved with the church, so on and so forth. There's nothing wrong with that, but there has to be that balance. Well, fast forward lo and behold, uh, that media company ended up going under. They were working under a grant. It didn't succeed. It was put on pause. And this woman was not looking for a job. And she ended up looking looking for a job, but finding a man. And she found a Christian traditional man that's in the military. And now she's a traditional <laughs> fiance. Now she wears the dresses, she covers her head, she submits to her fiancé. Uh, I believe they're Orthodox Christians, so she, they follow all of that. They came before church, they prayed for them, and now, like, you know that uh, that meme of, like, the, the woman with the blonde hair, and, like, she's a traditionalist, and she's got, like, that famous blue dress with, with, with flowers? She literally wears those dresses, and she covers her head, and she submits her fiancé, and cooks for him. And I'm like, dude, you went from being like this boss babe that used to hate like the traditionalist Christians and all that stuff. And she's like, you know what? I get it. I do get it now. I don't know why I thought working 40 plus hours to build someone else's business or, or to try to make it in corporate was more rewarding than just being able to stay at home and and if I want to become a mom, I can just raise my children. Like there's to me, in my opinion, and again, not trying to knock anyone. I understand that there's a lot of working women and I'll get into that in a second and then we'll wrap it up. There's nothing more liberating. There's nothing more empowering 
than a father like myself or a man that can provide so much in today's economy, which is extremely hard to afford the liberty to his wife to be able to stay at home if she chooses and be able to raise her children and be able to cook and just provide. Now, I'm not there yet. I We were there for about two years. My wife stayed at home. Life was fantastic. It really was. And I'm not saying it's not now, but due to circumstances, she's back at work, hopefully just temporarily. She hates her job. <laughs> it is what it is. I think she's tuned in right now. Sorry, babe, uh, you know, for, for outing you. And I hope no one in your job is uh, listening to this, but um, she hates it. <laughs> she's like, I just, I just want to stay at home and cook and bake. And I want to teach my daughter how to bake. And, and I just want to do those things. And I'm like, I, I get it. Now, thankfully, I don't have to send my kids off to daycare. I'm here at home. I'm, I'm thankful to God that he's giving me this platform and I'm able to work, work from home. So it's kind of like a, 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 a role reverse, not in so much because I still work and I still have business being all that stuff, but at least I'm here with my kids, right? I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm not being deployed like I used to be. And, and again, not knocking it. Um, but uh, if, if we are to try to mainstream this, then as men, as traditionalists, as Christians among our community, we need to strive to make that better. And Blake Masters, who's running in 2022 for state Senate of Arizona, he put it beautifully. He, he said that we need to get back to the America that that once the family, like the family, the American family, the average American family was able to afford a home and, and a livelihood on a single income. And that's what I want. That's my goal. That's what I'll always be working for is I want the American family to know that we can work to a better America where we can work with a single pay. And you know what? So what is every woman I've ever talked to, and maybe it's just an echo chamber because I talked to a lot of conservative women, Republican women, every woman, even those in high positions of power. I know some very powerful women. They have told me that if they could find a man that could provide for them, they would. And I mean, like really provide, not like living paycheck to paycheck, uh, arguable right like not like barely getting by and like that like but like providing where, where they both feel financially secure that they're going to be okay you know etc that they would 100 leave their corporate job in an instant they wouldn't even think about it they're like bro i hate my job like whoever thought it was a good idea for a woman to work 40 plus hours and leave her children back at home in the arms and in, in the care of another like i hate them i want to go back in time and i want to destroy these people <laughs> you know um, but, uh, I do have two more donations here. Karina Rees, uh, thank you so much for the $5 donation. And then Victoria Pineda, thank you so much for the $10. But, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll have a bigger discussion on this at a, at a later time. Maybe we can bring some guests on to talk about marriage, to talk about modern, um, uh, dating and that entire culture. Uh, and, and I know that some of you have asked that I please have live streams with my wife. We're working on that. I promise. Uh, we're going to go out and get some equipment this weekend so that we can get that rolling. And then if you guys are interested, not saying that we're a perfect couple or very imperfect. I think I kind of gave you a glimpse into my marriage of how bad it used to be. And again, not saying that it was like the worst of, of times we've grown through it. God has guided us through it and, you know, we're better because of it, but only through his grace and mercy. And, and uh, it's not that we're here to tell you we have a perfect marriage. Here's what uh, we can just share. And maybe just sharing our story will 
will empower you. It'll it'll benefit you to some extent. So if you're interested in that, um, just stay tuned and, and 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 we'll get that rolling for you guys. But with that, ladies and gentlemen, I think that's all I have here for this Friday. There was a couple of other videos I want to share with you guys, but um, it, it's fine. Um, we'll we'll get to them next week, God willing. Uh, but you know, I hope you guys have a good rest of your Friday. I hope you guys have a good rest of your weekend. Enjoy it. Take some time to log off all socials. I appreciate your guys' support. As always, thanks for all the donations today. We got seven donations today. Um, thank you guys so much for your continued support. Continue to pray uh, for some of these meetings that are happening behind closed doors. Um, I received an update text message yesterday from an undisclosed source, and it looks like we're going to be moving forward with this contract, and it's going to be game-changing. That's all I can say for now. Uh, but again, just keep that in prayer. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Bid you guys a good, happy weekend. I'll see you guys. Take care, guys. God bless. Have a good one.